Hello, hello. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Astrology Did Not Change My Life. I am still that bitch. Hosted by your girl, Plutonian Aquarius. Oh my gosh, guys. It is so, so, so good to be back. I cannot express how much I missed podcasting and missed talking about astrology. And again, I want to start off by saying I am so sorry that I kind of just went off the radar. Life was kicking my ass, so I really just had to take a break from everything to prevent myself from burnout. Well, I mean, I was burnt out, really. I was getting into that stage of becoming very indifferent and exhausted by all of the things that I really liked. Because that's what happens when you're just overwhelmed. And (laughs) I love astrology. And podcasting and just everything in the realm of Plutonian Aquarius just felt like a chore. And I couldn't keep going on like that. Something had to change. So I really just had to take a long break. And I'm so sorry that it took so long to come back. But needless to say, I am back. So I hope you are excited for what I have in store for the next couple of episodes. I will be posting more regularly and I will just be giving you lots of insight and knowledge on how to analyze your birth chart because that's what this podcast was initially for. To give you the guidance and tools that you need to understand astrology and to understand your chart. And to get those self, self-help tools to empower you, to help you reach your highest potential. So, thank you for all your support regardless. I think I like clicked um, the podcast website that I upload the episodes onto. And I really the thought like viewership would go down like drastically and then I would only get like a couple of listens. But I actually ended up getting like 100 listens or even more over the last couple of weeks that I just disappeared off the face of the earth. So thank you. Thank you for all of your support. Now, if you do want to keep up with me and see what I'm up to, you can follow me on Instagram, where I am Plutonian Aquarius. I post little videos here and there, um, talking about my life, and also just posting about astrology as well. So I've also moved over to TikTok, where I am Plutonian Aquarius underscore PA. Somebody already has Plutonian Aquarius as the handle. So over there, I've just been talking about astrology as well, but it's not nearly as in-depth as the podcast episodes itself. It's just a little snippet, a little preview. So if TikTok is your jam, I am also there as well. And it was just another social media handle that I kind of just wanted to experiment with. Just to see how much exposure I could get. But honestly, you guys are my loyal fan base. So I will I will treat you accordingly. You guys will get the good stuff. So anybody that is a podcast listener will get all the amazing tools that I give you on all of my episodes. If you're also interested in learning more about your chart and actually want an astrologer to analyze your birth chart and actually provide you more tools and insight, into who you are as an individual and what you're here to do in this lifetime, basically reach your highest potential, then I also do offer readings. And if that's something that you're interested in, you can go to plutonianaquarius.ca. I offer a variety of readings. It's not just the birth chart reading, which at times can be very overwhelming. I offer 
small little readings in different areas of your life. So if you like what I do on all of these podcast episodes and you like the way that I think as an astrologer, then I would really appreciate it if you want if you could support me and purchase a reading. I am here to give you tools and insight and I would love it if I could actually analyze your birth chart for you and basically show you the magic that is astrology. Well, that is my little self-promotion tidbit. If you want to learn more about what readings I do offer and what, what you will be receiving for what you pay, so essentially what each reading entails, what the content is, and what the breakdown is, I actually have a separate episode. If you go into the episode list, it's actually under special announcement. I actually talk about each of the readings because if I am to go in depth into the readings, then it'll just take like 10 to 15 minutes and that will just take away time from the actual content. And I don't want to do that to you guys. That is a huge disservice. So let's not do that. And let's actually get into today's content. And so today we are here to talk about the fourth house. So again, right now we're actually in the house series. So, so far we've covered the first house, the second house, the third house, and now we're finally moving over to the fourth house. And so, your fourth house is like your rising sign or your first house. It's actually an angular house. So, essentially, your chart is a wheel. And you can really divide your chart up into 12 different quadrants, four different, four different quadrants or like six different quadrants, any multiple of 12. But essentially, we have the 12 houses, and each house represents a different area of your life. Now, some areas are a little bit more important than others. And depending, or, depending on if you have a planet or not, the angular houses are still very, very important in actually determining who you are as a person. Now, what the hell does any of that even mean? And I get it. it. This is when it starts to get very complex. So our angular houses are our first house, our seventh house, which is the opposite of the first house, our fourth house, and then our tenth house, which is the opposite of the fourth house. And essentially... These different houses, like the name suggests, they, they are angles in your chart. And just by default, because like from a mathematical perspective, and that's the only reason why it comes across as important from like, and like really the only real reasoning is that there is a mathematical significance. And that's the reason why the astrologers back in the day gave it so much significance. But your fourth house is extremely important because it basically creates the foundation for your 10th house. And your 10th house is the highest point in your chart. So think of it as your fourth house is the lowest point of your chart. And we are slowly growing like Jack and the Beanstalk all the way up to our 10th house. Because our 10th house is how we are of service to others. 
it's it's traditionally known as your career house, but our career is how we give back to the world. But how do you do that? You do that based on what has happened to you in your early life experiences. If somebody doesn't have the best start in life, they'll struggle to actually be of service to the world and to build a strong career, right? Because you didn't necessarily get amazing opportunities. You didn't have the strongest foundations. And your first house and your seventh house, the reason why those two are important is because your first house is how you approach the world. It is literally the door to your chart. It's the first thing that people see. And it's how you go about achieving all of the goals that you have in, in your life, whatever the goals may be. And then your seventh house is the house of relationships. Unfortunately, at the end of the day, we can't always do it alone, which is what our first house says. But our seventh house reminds us that we need others. We need each other because at the end of the day, we live in a society and we can't exist or function without each other. So your seventh house is how you go about building relationships with others. And so these four houses are extremely important in your chart because they really, really, really create the foundation of your entire life story. And so your fourth house, like, like I mentioned before, is really truly just your roots. It's your foundations because that is where you come from. And where do we actually come from? It's our childhood, right? Everything that we do as adults, whether we like to believe it or not, and like I, I am guilty of this as well because I don't like it. I don't like that everything, is, everything that I do, all of my trauma goes back to what happened to me as a child. But essentially that's what it is. Depending on what happened to you as a kid, it really changes your perspective as an adult, and how you go about even approaching the world. Unfortunately, it really does tweak your entire worldview. So the fourth house is ruled by Cancer. It's Cancer's house. So it's a very watery house. It's very emotional, like Cancer. And so Cancer is all about nostalgia. They're all about emotional attachment. Those are words that I associate with cancer. And that's probably the best way to understand the fourth house. And I struggled to really truly define and get a true deeper understanding of what the fourth house was. Because I just couldn't find, I couldn't find good resources. Which is so odd because it is such an important house. And yet... There doesn't seem to be enough, enough info. And so the other word for your fourth house is actually the IC, which is like Imam Kawili. I like totally butchered that. <laughs> I totally butchered that. It's a Latin word that I just can't pronounce. I'm so sorry. So I just call it the Nadir, which is N-A-D-I-R, Nadir. But, like, you could just call it the fourth house. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Or, like, I think most of the times we call it the IC. Like, we never really, 
say the Latin word either. It's just Nadir or I see your fourth house. And so now going back to how the fourth house is ruled by cancer. The reason why cancer is associated with nostalgia is because cancer is very attached to their caregivers. Because they really, truly start to understand the world through their caregivers. And so depending on what relationship you had with your caregiver early on, if it's not so much a great relationship, then there's really a wound there that can sometimes be very difficult to resolve and unfortunately may give you a lot of trust issues and make it very difficult for you to connect with others because the first person that we're supposed to learn how to connect with is through our parents, the people that were supposed to protect us, nurture us. And so... With cancer, they always have this nostalgic attachment to their childhood. Where if it was a great childhood, where they felt safe around their caregivers, they want to seek out those same experiences of safety, of loving, nurturing energy that they received as a child. And a lot of the times they may not necessarily even be aware that the experiences that they had as a child weren't necessarily the best because they just have that emotional attachment. And that's unfortunately the issue with emotions is that it can get the best of us. Emotions are great. They are our strength. But it can sometimes cloud our judgment and overpower everything else and prevent us from taking the rational decision. And so with cancer, everything with them really is that they have this beautiful emotional attachment. Everything that they do is tinged with emotion. That's just how they roll. They're not going to do something that just doesn't feel right for them. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with them because they are very intuitive because they're in touch with their emotions. And so your fourth house is your childhood. And so your early life experiences are probably defined by your fourth house. I, why did I even say probably? If you're wondering how your childhood was and you didn't, you aren't necessarily aware of what happened, look to your fourth house. Your fourth house can actually give you an indication of what happened when you were a kid. And a lot of us have this nostalgic attachment to our childhood, right? Whether it was good or bad, there's still some moments from our childhood that we still want to return to because it was just a simpler time when we didn't have to worry about being this big, responsible adult. We could simply just exist as a kid and just explore the world. And that's probably the reason why the fourth house comes after the third house. Because, again, the first, the first couple of houses are really about you understanding the world, exploring your identity, building your identity. And so here with the fourth house is where you start to build your emotional identity. Now, when I mean emotional identity, your relationship with emotions, your relationship with attachment, because again, being cancer's house, those two ideas are very intertwined. 
Now, our childhood is what is supposedly a place where we feel safe. Because when you're a kid, you don't know any better. Right? Like, (laughs) you're not an adult. You don't have a fully functioning prefrontal cortex. Your brains aren't even fully developed, so you're kind of just at the mercy of adults. Unfortunately, a lot of us, a lot of kids, and it should be that way, we kind of view the world as a safe place where we're kind of safe because we don't know any better. We don't know that the world isn't safe. We still haven't even fully discovered it yet. We're still going at our own pace. But unfortunately, some of us grow a bit faster than others. And that's because there's stuff going on in our fourth house. There's stuff going on in our early childhood, our early environment. Now, I can speak very, very deeply to this house. Because I have a Mars in my fourth house. So, Mars is a, it's a very energetic planet. Okay, it's, it's your anger, it's your passion, it's your drive, it's what lights you up. Now, you take that kind of energy and you put it in a place where you're supposed to be safe, where it's supposed to be nurturing, you get some weird energy. Now, if Mars, if there's nothing going on with your Mars, but unfortunately that wasn't the case for me, if there's nothing going on with your Mars, you grow up in a very passionate environment where you learn healthy outlets for your anger. You learn to go out and get things done. And basically make the world your bitch. Really. And while I did learn those things, I didn't learn it in a very healthy manner. Because there were, there were other things going on with my Mars. I grew up in a very chaotic environment. It was very unstable. I got the first... I got the first ideas of anger through my family members. And... Let's just say that it wasn't necessarily a very safe environment for a kid who's supposed to feel safe and protected. But I learned to understand anger really early on. And that is part of my childhood. Those are my roots. That is my foundation. And that is the reason why I'm such a go-getter. Because I come from a family of fighters. I know how to fight. And that's what your fourth house tells you as well. It's not just your childhood. And this is also associated with cancer because cancer is all about ancestral lineage as well. Because the fourth house represents your roots. It's your foundations. So these roots will go beyond this lifetime, essentially. And cancer is associated with the mother. And usually your fourth house will tell you a lot about how the women in your family were. So, with my Mars in my fourth house, for example, I come from a long line of fierce, strong, independent women. Even in societies where independent women weren't even a thing. Both my grandmas on both sides of my family got married very young. One grandma got married at 11. The other got married at 14 because that's the culture that they grew up in. But they were the matriarchs. They ran the family. They had the final say. They were consulted first. So, 
is it any surprise that I ended up that way and that my mom ended up that way? And so it kind of just got passed down. And like my mom's sisters were all, they're all tough women as well. My dad's sisters are also tough women. And my dad grew up respecting strong, independent women. So for him, it's still very surprising that now he comes into this like Western culture. Although it's like pretty common in like South Asian culture too. But to this day, he's still very surprised that a lot of men in many different cultures don't like fiercely independent women. And for him, like, that is the ideal woman. It always has been. So he's like, what the, these, these men are just wusses. This is what he oh so lovingly says. Yeah, he's the best. <laughs> but that's the reason why it was never difficult for me to go out there and pursue my dreams, pursue my passions. Because that is part of my root. That is part of my foundation. Granted, things could have been a little bit better. <laughs> I could have gotten healthier expressions of anger and actually seen healthier outlets when it came to expressing my anger and my passions and my desires. But you can't always have it all, right? That's just the way life is. But that's the beauty of the fourth house is that it tells you so much about not only your early life, but the life before you that created you and your identity. So there's a lot of information about ancestral lineage and roots within your fourth house. And this is like amazing information for some people that may not necessarily have that connection with their family, right? Like families get torn apart all the time. People get adopted. It's just the way things are. But that doesn't mean that you lost that connection. It's still a part of you. Because everybody has a fourth house, right? Like your fourth house doesn't just get ripped out of your chart once you're torn away, once you're adopted. No, there's no such thing. Those roots, that lineage, it follows you. And if you're looking for those kinds of answers... I really highly suggest that you find somebody that can actually analyze your chart and ask them about the fourth house and ask them what they can tell you about your, about your fourth house. If you're already interested in learning about your lineage, your roots, and it's a part of you that you've always longed to know, there's probably something going on in your fourth house that needs to be addressed. And I know a lot of the times some people don't always necessarily know when they were born, where they were born. You can always do birth chart rectifications. There's plenty of astrologers out there that can help you with that. I can too, but I'm not necessarily as experienced. So if you want somebody that can give you more in-depth insight, go find those individuals. Go out there, learn about yourself. Because that's what astrology is here to do. It's a tool for you. And the beauty about astrology is that there's so many different facets to it. And it's just super exciting. And that's why I talk about it. But yeah, your fourth house is your root. Your root to the past. So a lot of the times it can actually tell you a lot about, again, past life energy. And that's just because cancer is just so intuitive. It's just as a water as a water house or a water signed house, 
there's just so many undercurrents when it comes to emotions, when it comes to intuition. There are realms that can sometimes be difficult for our 3D mind to process. So that's why it's such a mysterious house. And that's probably why I struggle to understand what the fourth house really entailed. And I wanted to learn more about it anyways, because I'm like, what the heck is going on with the fourth house Mars? Right? And so now, once you learn about how your childhood was like in your, by looking at your fourth house, you can actually learn more about why it is that you actually do certain patterns. Why do you react a certain way? Because your fourth house was what you did when you were a kid. And a lot of the times, your fourth house will actually just give you a big indication of your inner child and any inner child wounds that you have. If, especially if they were never really resolved. Because depending on what happened in your early childhood, maybe your inner child felt safe, maybe they didn't. Now for me, my inner child was didn't feel the most safe. And so for me, going out into the world, it can be very difficult for me to feel safe. But, but, because I grew up around chaos, I crave chaos. That is what makes me feel safe. So essentially, your fourth house tells you what makes you feel safe. Because that is what you're, that is what the little child in you got. That is what they grew up in. Your early environment really gives you an indication, again, of how you, of what manifests for you as an adult because of that. And that's what I mean when I say that it's the foundation of you. And we really got to look to our roots and our foundation if we want to move forward in our life and we want to reach the highest point in our chart, which is the 10th house. And if reaching the highest point in your chart, so what I mean by that, like, actually connecting with the public, actually taking a step forward in your career that m makes sense for you, that feels right for you. If that's something that you struggle with, look to the opposite house, your fourth house. You have to address the wounds of your fourth house in order to address the 10th house. Unfortunately, that's just the way astrology works. You can't, you can't just jump around. You have to learn the lessons in order to move forward. I wish it could be a different method but unfortunately a lot of the times it's not like that so your fourth house tells you what it is that you need to feel safe and you know what not all of us not all of us have normal childhoods and that's okay there almost all of us go through trauma okay unfortunately there's so many parents out there that don't necessarily know what they're doing and they're trying the best that they can and even then, sometimes when they're trying the best that they can't... Um, wow, I'm really stumbling on my words. But sometimes their best isn't necessarily right or fair or even safe for a child. But that shouldn't just be the end, right? And that's something that I struggled with too for years, that I really thought that I was broken, I was damaged, that... I wouldn't be able to succeed or do well like my peers because they didn't have to go through that same kind of trauma early on in life. When in reality, no. We all have different experiences that shape who we are. 
And that's what the fourth house is. It tells you all about the experiences that created you. And they're still just as significant. But if there are wounds there, you have to find a way to heal. Just so that you can move forward in life. Because healing and letting go of the past is simply just for you. So that you can become the best version of yourself. Just because bad things happen to you doesn't mean that you are bad. And that you don't deserve kindness. That you don't deserve good things. That you don't deserve to live in the light. You still deserve it. Absolutely. And you have to find a way to address why why, why you don't feel safe now. Especially if there's something going on in your fourth house. And you have to find a way to feel safe. And so that's where that beautiful energy of the, of the fourth house comes in. Your fourth house tells you what it is that you need to feel safe. That inner child, that little child that didn't feel safe when they were young, that's okay. Now you create that life for yourself where you can feel safe. And that's what the fourth house is all about. Because at the end of the day, when we are so caught up in our career, in that public face persona that we put out, we can't always just go about living in the spotlight like that. It's exhausting. We have to find a way to come back to ourselves, to recharge, to regenerate, to rejuvenate. Cancer rules the home. And that's the reason why cancer rules over the fourth house. After a long day of work, where do we return to? We return to our home, to our safe place, our safe haven. So your fourth house is essentially what it is that you need to feel safe. So with me and my fourth house in Mars, oh, my Mars and my fourth house, <sighs> I need some sort of exciting activity to feel energized. So me, I put all of my energy into decorating my house, into having a clean house. I am really, I very much am a homebody. I like cooking. I like making fancy new dishes that I try at different restaurants. And for me, I really, really, really need a place of quiet of tranquility of harmony and so I put all of my energy into creating that kind of safe space for me even though I grew up around chaos and a part of me will always crave that chaos and that is what I need to feel safe but it's not sustainable because to constantly go about just living a life <laughs> of chaos it just leaves you feeling exhausted all the time because there's no balance there's no harmony you're constantly go 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 you can't always do that you need to recharge you need to rest and so that chaos comes out into my everyday work life I am a healthcare worker I work in critical care <laughs> um and so I am dealing with life and death and that part of me gets that outlet, that loves that chaos, that seeks it out all the time. 
But I realized that I can't always go about that. And luckily, I learned this really early on in my career that by constantly seeking out these chaotic experiences, I needed time to do the complete opposite. Otherwise, I was I was on the I was on the brink of complete utter exhaustion. Yes, I burnt out absolutely. But that was basically a lesson for me to slow down and to reflect and to understand that I can't keep living this way. And so now I have embraced my homebody attitude. I don't stay out past 12 anymore. I can't do that. I follow a routine that just works for me. And so a lot of my exercise regimen involves intensity as well, but it still is balanced. And if my body is fatigued, I don't push it. I really listen to myself. And that is what I do. I spend a lot of time with myself and I need that time for myself to have that that period of relaxation of rest and of rejuvenation because how else am I going to go about saving lives (laughs) if I'm just exhausted and that is how I feel safe it is what I come home to so creating that tranquility that harmony that safe haven was very very important for me moving forward and is essentially what helped me succeed in my career and helped me reach the highest point in my chart, which is my midheaven, my Virgo midheaven. And so look to your fourth house to help you understand what it is that you need to feel safe. And it's different for everybody. Everybody has a different fourth house, right? Depending on what planets are there, what sign is there. Now, for some individuals, if you don't have a planet in your fourth house, then it, that area of your life, the fourth house, isn't necessarily the most prominent for you. And there aren't necessarily lessons that you have to really overcome in this lifetime. You already did in a previous lifetime. So here, you can just enjoy the energies of your fourth house and focus on the other areas of your life. So the other houses that actually have a planet in there. But I still think the fourth house is very important because it represents your early life experiences. And just because it's an empty house doesn't necessarily mean that like, oh, you are free from trauma. It never really works that way. But I generally find that if you actually have a planet there in your fourth house, then chances are like something happened in your childhood that is still affecting you as an adult. So, yeah, those are wounds that have to be dealt with and healed so that you can be the best version of yourself. So another thing that I find super interesting about the fourth house is that your fourth house is, because it's the opposite of your 10th house, your fourth house sign is usually the opposite sign of your 10th house. So the persona that you have on the outside in the public atmosphere is very different from who you are when you're alone, when you're free from expectations of what society and the world wants you to be depending on what role that you've taken up in life as as an adult essentially as your career and so sometimes I think that the best way to really truly understand a person outside of work 
is to actually see them in action in their fourth house. And that's why people are usually surprised to see somebody act completely different outside of work. And that's just because you have the opposite sign in your 10th house and your fourth house. It's an axis is really what it is. And so you have that duality and you need to have that duality. You can't just be one thing all the time. That is so, so exhausting, right? Like if you just define yourself by your career and if, <laughs> if your job is just everything, what are you going to do when that job just demands so much out of you? You're going to burn out. And like, I am guilty of that. And as most healthcare workers, we love being defined by our job. We love being these altruistic, life-saving angels. We really do. And like being called a hero, yeah, we get off on it. We totally do. Absolutely. We love that we're so altruistic and selfless. But really, like, that is what we'd like to define ourselves by. But the healthcare system is, is falling apart. And we can't keep being heroes and selfless angels. We're burnt out. We're exhausted. We can't keep living like this. We have to find ourselves outside of our job. So you need to have that duality to maintain that kind of balance and harmony within. So if you just like to identify yourself as just one thing, you're going to burn out. And similarly with your fourth house, being the house of your childhood, of your ancestral lineage, a lot of the times the fourth house will tell you the expectations that you had from your family. And so there is another problem there. <laughs> so if you over-identify with the fourth house, and that's the thing that I've mentioned several times in all of my episodes, never over-identify with just one thing in your chart. You are a multifaceted individual. When you over-identify with one thing, that is when you run the risk of becoming so imbalanced that you're just exhausted. And then that's when you actually have the negative manifestations of that sign, of that house, and so on. And so now if you over-identify with the fourth house, then you over-identify with your family and the expectations that your family has placed upon you without you even realizing and that's where we have that idea of cancer when they, because they have that emotional attachment to their caregivers, to their childhood, to their emotions, and that feeling that they had, it really clouds their judgment. They can't see beyond that and they can't think for themselves because they are attached to their caregivers. And so if you're over-identifying with your fourth house, chances are you never really got to build identity outside of your family, outside of the role that you played in your early environment. And when you do that, now you can't move forward and actually become a successful member, a successful productive member of society because you never got to leave the nest. You don't know who you are outside of the nest. And we can't just be living for our families. And that's something that I've had to come to terms with many, many times. And I still am. We have to live for ourselves, really. And I know that's such a scary, scary thing to think about. 
but we essentially have to fly away from the nest. We have to take that leap of faith. We have to take that risk. Otherwise, how will we know who we really truly are? We shouldn't be defined by other people. We should, we should be defining ourselves. And so if you struggle with also <laughs> figuring out who you are, look to your fourth house as well. Chances are you had to, you had to play a role and essentially to survive your childhood, to survive your home life, that early environment. But we're not that child anymore. And we shouldn't be defined by that role we had to basically dig ourselves into in order to survive. You are an adult now. You get to make your own choices. You get to make your own decisions. So break free from those expectations because... A lot of the times they can be shackles. They can get in the way. And I will just use myself as an example. I have my fourth house in the sign of Pisces. So my Mars is also in Pisces. But my midheaven or my 10th house is in Virgo. So I had to be very emotionally supportive for my family. Especially in a very chaotic, unstable environment. I had to be very attuned to the emotional undercurrents. That was the only way that I could basically help anybody and survive, really. Because if I was attuned to the emotional undercurrents, then I could predict what would happen next and I could diffuse situations if something was off. See, it, it already sounds sketch. <laughs> but that was my childhood. I had that hypervigilance to emotional undercurrents. Now, my Virgo midheaven or 10th house requires me to actually break free from emotional undercurrents and actually just use logic. And unlike Pisces, I can't be a bleeding heart. I can't be that empathetic, selfless individual that will cry with you, that will absorb all of your pain. Virgo will help you only if you are willing to help yourself. Otherwise, they will move on. That's it. They're not wasting their time. They're not wasting their energy or their resources. And that's the beauty of Virgo and how they help individuals is that it's a very tangible form of help. They're not here to listen to your problems for the sake of hearing your problems. They will only provide you solutions that are evidence-based, that actually are based in clear-cut conclusions. There's no funny business involved. And, and they're not here to validate. They're here to fix and help and just move forward. And if that's not something that works for you, they're going to move along because there's plenty of other people that need their help and will gladly accept it, which makes sense of who I am <laughs> in my career, where as a healthcare worker, I only help the individuals that come to me. I don't extend beyond that. I'm not getting paid to do free work and just, and just be a bleeding heart. No, I am here to actually make sure that People get help. And that's it. And it's a very stark contrast for who I had to be when I was a child. And had I actually stayed in that role that I was in in my early life, there was no way that I would be able to actually achieve the goals of my midheaven and actually reach the highest point of my chart. And I wouldn't actually be able to be that productive member of society that I was meant to be. I would probably struggle in my career. And 
I would probably choose a pathway that would involve me being that bleeding heart. But I would feel very, very unsatisfied. And that's what happens when you're imbalanced, where you're over-identifying with one aspect of your chart. If you over-identify with your fourth house, maybe you are doing things that you thought you needed to do because that's the expectation that your family placed upon you. So a lot of the times you see those individuals that they think that their parents or their family knows best and they just do whatever their family expects out of them and they don't actually make a decision that comes from their own choices, from their own desires. And then they kind of ignore the feelings of dissatisfaction until it kind of just hits them in the face. But if you over-identify with your 10th house, now we get into the problem of, again, burnout. Because you're kind of forgetting where you come from. And at the end of the day, we all need that safe space to recharge and to rejuvenate in. That's the only way that we can go back out into the world, right? We need to, we need to be able to come home to something. And in addition, when you're over-identifying with your 10th house and kind of forgetting where you come from, then it just becomes a little bit difficult because now you're not working with your strengths. Because again, your fourth house, when you actually know what you come from, what your foundations are, what your roots are, and then you can actually use that to your advantage, right? My hypervigilance that I had to learn in the chaotic environment that I grew up in Yes, it can be exhausting because it really overworked my nervous system. But when it comes to the field that I'm in, where a lot of the times my patients can't always communicate, like you and I, about what's going on, I can actually tap in to that undercurrent that my hypervigilance basically got me attuned to. And I can pick up on very subtle nonverbal cues like body language, different changes in tone, to help me understand what's going on with, with my patients, essentially. And that's why I can build a better report with my patients and actually get more information that will basically allow me to help them and provide tangible solutions. And that's how it all comes together. At the end of the day, we come from the fourth house. And the fourth house is basically where we grow out of and into the 10th house. Neither one is better than the other, but they all have to be worked and used together with. You got to use both your 4th house and your 10th house. They're all interconnected and they're all intertwined. And that's the best way to really look at astrology is that they're all intertwined. Nothing is better than the other. They're all just as important and significant and necessary. Now, to end off, I will actually talk about the different planets or signs that can be in the fourth house. So, again, if you don't have a planet in the fourth house, look to the sign. Look to the um, sign that, like, the planet traditionally rules over to tell you more about what, what fourth house energies look like for you. So say you have, again, Aries in your fourth house, but it's empty. Look to Mars in the fourth house to give you a little bit of an idea about what your early childhood looked like. 
or what your fourth house even means to you. So, if you have Aries or Mars in the fourth house, again, I already touched upon this with my own experiences, the, the environment that makes you feel safe is essentially an environment where you can actually unleash your passions, where you can basically kind of get angry. And you are very protective of your home environment. You will not compromise on anything when it comes to safety. If your safety is compromised, if your home is compromised, you will not tolerate it. And that's actually what brings out your anger, what fuels your fire. You are a very, very protective individual. So you're very protective over your loved ones. And so for you, creating a home life where your loved ones feel safe, where you feel safe is super, super important. And you will guard it fiercely. But your home life is where you essentially can unleash your passions. So you may be very, very interested in like renovations, DIY projects, or cooking, cleaning, just being a homebody that you just create a whole world in. So for you, like gardening could probably be a very big thing. Like for me, gardening's huge. I got lots of plants. I'm a crazy plant lady. Um, yeah, I'm very invested in my home. And I'm very into real estate, which is also very, very common for individuals in the fourth house. Like, they need to have homes. Like, it's just, you need to have that safe space. And so a lot of the times they will invest in property. Quite physically. Now, if you have Venus or Taurus in your fourth house, you will not compromise on enjoying the finer things in life. So for you... That's how you feel safe. You need to find a place where you can actually indulge in the things that bring you comfort. So again, Taurus is a very sensual sign. And what I mean by that, for you, there are very specific things that bring you comfort, that make you feel at ease, where it's good food. It's a nice warm bubble bath. You need to have nice smell surrounding you. Surrounding you. you need that beauty. You need that harmony. That is how you feel safe. But also... Where you can kind of just relax and kind of just do things at your own pace. Where you are not burdened by expectations and following a timeline or just getting the job done. You just take it easy. So it's a, it's a complete opposite of who you are <laughs> out in the public sphere. You at home, or when you are in your safe space, you are super, super lazy. And there's nothing wrong with that. And you probably are in a career where you're constantly go, go, go. So you need to have that time to kind of just not do anything. And that's okay. That is how you rest and rejuvenate and recharge. Nothing wrong with that. Balance, baby. If you have Gemini or Mercury in the fourth house, for you, you need to have, you need to have stimulation. You need to be able to communicate your ideas, your thoughts, so you may find that, unlike a lot of other people, for you, relaxation and resting involves actually consuming content. So for you, Netflix is a huge thing. You are probably an avid reader. You probably are up to date with the news. You need to have some sort of consumption to stimulate your mind in order to feel at home, to feel at ease. And there's nothing wrong with that. That is simply just how you relax. 
And, you know, as a Gemini moon, I highly relate. Because at the end of the day, the fourth house is Cancer's house, and Cancer is ruled by the moon. And so your moon sign is also essentially what tells you what you need to feel safe. And again, I actually have a whole reading on that. So if that's something that you are interested in, read, those readings are also available for purchase. And you may find that going out, hanging out with friends, having those exchange of ideas is also what you need. And if anything, like you like to actually explore different perspectives, like you, Gemini is notorious for being devil's advocate. And it's very different from who you are in the 10th house or your midheaven, where you kind of just have to follow that one point of view and strongly defend it. And with Gemini, you're kind of just like, hey, I don't want to just focus on one thing. Let me just look at everything. Look at all the shades of gray. And in similar Gemini fashion, you're probably also like, kind of like, you have this nervous energy around you. So you're kind of just like twiddling around in the house. And so you're kind of just, the best way to describe it is that you're kind of just flying around. You're kind of doing a little bit of this. You're doing a little bit of that. And that's just how you stay stimulated. So you need a, a this constant source of stimulation to kind of just feel at ease, to kind of relax your nervous system, as counterintuitive as it sounds. But that's just simply how you feel safe. That's what your fourth house is. And that's probably because it's how your early life was. And that is what brings you that sense of safety. Now, if you have your moon or cancer in the fourth house, there is a huge, huge emotional attachment to your childhood. So whatever brought you joy in your childhood is probably what you need now to feel safe. So say books or these, there's a certain song that was just presented so much in your childhood and brought you a lot of joy. That is probably, again, what you have emotional attachment to and what you now need to feel safe. Now, <laughs> having the cancer in your fourth house is also very different from the persona that you show off into the world where you are the big badass responsible Capricorn. You're good. You're just a tad bit little emotional. All of your emotions are expressed in a safe haven where you can just feel safe. You will not cry in public. You will only cry when you feel safe to do so. Okay, so all the tears come out at home in the dark where nobody can see your tears. <laughs> you little babies. You must be protected. Oh, you sweet, sweet souls. But <laughs> regardless, you feel safe to express your emotions around people that you trust people that you have an emotional connection with and you will not you will not venture out into places that don't feel safe for you that don't feel emotionally right to you and you have that that intuitive side comes out whenever you're relaxed whenever you don't have those expectations from the world around you because again your fourth house is who you are when you are stripped away from whatever the world expects from you because like for example me with my 10th house virgo where i'm a logical individual at work with my pisces fourth house i'm not i'm very intuitive i run an astrology podcast i am an astrologer it's very different from the traditional logical 
identity that I have at work. And that's okay. And so that same principle applies to having cancer in the fourth house. You're not necessarily the most emotional individual at work, but the emotions have to come out somehow, and so they come out at home. There's nothing wrong with that. And chances are you probably have loved ones, too, that you feel safe with to express all of your emotions and all all its glory. Now, if you have your son or Leo in the fourth house, you identify, you identify quite frankly and very strongly with your roots, your ancestral lineage. And at home is essentially where you kind of shine. And it might be a very big contrast from like who you are, again, in the public, where maybe you might just be a little bit more chill, you're in the background, just minding your own, your own business, but you really shine in your home life. You are very invested in your family. There's nothing wrong with that. You are very invested in your foundations, your roots. It's what brings you comfort. What's bring you, what bring, it's what brings you joy. And you only feel safe to bring out this side around individuals who really light you up. So they get to see that beautiful sunny energy. It's only, the loved, it's only your loved ones that get to see it. And again, I think that's something I forgot to mention. With your fourth house, your fourth house really talks about your loved ones and your relationship with your loved ones. So if you actually really want to feel at home with somebody, or maybe you already do, chances are you guys have a fourth house connection. Maybe you guys have the same planets as that individual's fourth house. Um, sign and, and vice versa, things like that. You have that fourth house connection. So now having the sun in your fourth house, for you, you you really, really, really shine in having this safe space to really let loose, to really, really showcase your identity. And having those foundations, having that safe space, is essentially what allows you to shine. And that's the reason why it is so easy for you to kind of just chill in your professional life because you don't need to be in the spotlight. You're already in the spotlight at home, and that's okay. Nothing wrong with that. But, And that's essentially what gives you a lot of confidence too to just take it easy and to not feel like you have to constantly prove yourself. So that's like some big dick energy right there, you know? <laughs> Now, if you have Virgo in your fourth house, for you, you feel at ease and, and safe when you kind of get to actually explore your logical side, where you actually get to take care of yourself in very tangible ways. So you have like a very strict regimen, like exercise regimen. You can only eat specific foods that really bring you comfort and like really settle your body. Or you have a lot of like, meditative practices or breathwork techniques that really neutralize and calm down your nervous system and so you really follow a routine um at home and that's what makes you feel safe and it can be very different from who you are actually at work where you're kind of just more free-spirited and you kind of just go with the flow at home you don't go with the flow Uh uh-uh my way or the highway okay and god help anybody that actually tries to take you away from your routine Oh my God, it's scary. But that is what you need to recharge 
and rest. And there's nothing wrong with that. And at times, if, if you don't follow your routine, then you feel really out of balance. And that creative energy that comes out in your Pisces 10th house gets really restricted. And so that's why you really need to follow that. that that's essentially what brings you balance and harmony. Now, if you have Libra or also your Venus in your fourth house, for you, you really need that harmony as well in your environment where everybody kind of just gets along with each other. So to see any kind of conflict can really get to you. And perhaps you didn't necessarily experience that early on. And that's something that you really needed. You needed to make sure that everybody was on the same page, that everybody was kind of happy. So for you, you need that environment where, again, everybody is on that same page, where everybody feels like they're heard, everybody's respected. Again, you're not going to put up with anybody disrespecting you, disrespecting your space, your time, and your energy. You really need that. And there's nothing wrong with that. That That is essentially so healthy. And you have a good understanding of what your boundaries are. And you, you will not settle for it. And again, like, <laughs> I think it's a big contrast again to how you are in the professional world where you're probably more cutthroat. You bulldoze through everything. But when you're away from everybody, when you're with your loved ones, you're very accommodating. And that's okay. You, that's how you have that balance. Scorpio or Pluto in the fourth house. So your early life experiences were probably not the best either. Because unfortunately Pluto is the sign of our wounds that have to be resolved. And so maybe... In your early life, you didn't feel the safest. And so now as an adult, you really struggle to feel safe and really struggle to have a safe space. But that's why it is so much more important for you to create that safe space. Because you are going to burn out and you're going to feel lost and alone. And the beauty of having Pluto in your fourth house is that Pluto is all about regeneration and transformation. So whatever happened to you early on, you can really transform that and really create an environment that you didn't necessarily have and you really needed. So with Scorpio and Pluto in the fourth house, you really need a place where you can let your emotions out, where you can bring out all of your intensity because that is what you were exposed to. And in a way, that's something that you will always crave, intensity. And perhaps it comes out actually in your 10th house. Now, you didn't necessarily feel safe to express all of your emotions early on in life. And so you may really struggle to feel safe enough to do so. And so that's why it's really important for you to find those safe individuals, those safe spaces, where you can be the truest version of you. And it's important that you kind of that kind of you essentially release all of that emotional intensity that you have holding that is kind of just stored within otherwise it kind of just festers in there and really really creates problems for you that can be unconscious unconscious and really get in the way of helping you live a fulfilling life really and so you really have to do some dig, deep, deep, deep digging. And at times you may have to seek professional services and there's nothing wrong with that. 
That's the issue with trauma. Sometimes you can't always face it alone. Having guidance is great. Now, if you have Sagittarius or Jupiter in the fourth house, for you, safety involves really self-discovering yourself. So you may find that in your downtime, you really like exploring and learning about topics and ideas that you didn't necessarily get to explore in your, well, your professional life. Because in your professional life, you have to be very logical and you have to look at multiple different perspectives that you never really get to choose one thing that speaks to you. And so you need to have an outlet for that. And that's where your fourth house comes in. And so you may find that you travel a lot. You may consume a lot of like documentaries. You may read a lot. You may be into a lot of like philosophy, any concept that can really expand your mind, whatever it may be, whatever, whatever the tools are. Now, if you have Capricorn or Saturn in your fourth house, <laughs> similar to Pluto, you may find that your early life experiences involved a lot of, a lot of responsibilities. So much so that you constantly felt like you had to be the adult. And that carries over as an adult where it just feels like you're always burdened with these responsibilities. But you can't always be doing that because that is very, very, very difficult on anybody sometimes you gotta you gotta feel weak and you gotta let yourself be taken care of and there is nothing wrong with that but you may find that for you creating that safe environment where you can kind of just share and take the weight off of your shoulders is super super important for you and you'll need that and similar to like Capricorn and Saturn fashion you need that discipline to be able to do that routinely. Otherwise you're going to burn out. And you already know how to be an adult. In this lifetime. It's time that you learned how. To be a child. To be taken care of. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I know I know how difficult it is. It's something that I str- still struggle with. Being vulnerable. Getting into my feminine energy. Where I let others take care of me. That is a super scary feeling. But. It's liberating to be able to embrace that different side of you. And so if you have Aquarius or Uranus in your fourth house, you may find that your early life was kind of just all over the place. That's the problem with Uranus. Like it's very chaotic and there isn't necessarily structure, but it created an environment of, well, marching to the beat of your own drum. So because you had an unconventional childhood, you seek out those unconventional experiences and you have a very unconventional way of feeling at ease. So for you, you feel at you feel safe or at ease when you can truly explore your unconventional side, the weird side of you that maybe the world doesn't want to accept. And the side of you where you get to just chill, be your own person, and just do your own thing. Similar to like a true Aquarian. You need to have that outlet to express that different side of you. Instead of simply just playing a role of always being the person that's always in action. That is always putting on a show. You need to have a space where you can take a backseat and simply just relax and do your own thing. Last but not least, if you have Pisces in your fourth house or Neptune in the fourth house, for you, you need to have an outlet 
to explore your spiritual creative pursuits and desires. Because you can't always be that logical Virgo 10th house. You have to have to have to have that outlet. Otherwise, you'll feel really cold and barren and dry and sad. Because there is this vast world inside of you. A world that can't necessarily be explained in words. And you have to be able to explore it in your own time. Otherwise, you'll just always feel like something is missing. And you'll maybe even struggle to actually deeply connect in your field, in your professional world. Because you're not exploring that deep, compassionate side of you. Exploring your spiritual side really makes you more of a compassionate, empathetic individual. It prevents you from going into autopilot, which is unfortunately what a lot of the world does when we're simply just expressing our 10th house. We all have to play these roles where we just shut down and do our job and do what we need to do because we're not necessarily honoring our fourth house. Honoring our fourth house is what keeps that passion to do the right thing alive, to be of service of others. It really fuels that. And that only happens when we put ourselves first. Our fourth house is all about that. It's what fills our cup. So that is all that I have for the fourth house. I hope you got more of a deeper understanding of what this beautiful house means for you and how you can use those energies of this amazing house to really, really live a more deeply fulfilling life and reach your highest potential and to maybe help you, you know, be a better person, not only in the professional world, but for your loved ones as well. If you liked today's episode, please leave a review at plutonianaquarius.ca. And if you're not already following me, please follow me at plutonianaquarius on Instagram and also on TikTok. And now, until next time, bye bye <laughs>